Hello, hello. It's Brooke DeVard and you're listening to the Naked Beauty Podcast. How is everyone? I hope you are well. February is a short month, but it's a great month. It's Black History Month. We also usually have Fashion Week in February and Fashion Week looks so different in 2021. But I had to have one of the most fashionable women that I know of, period, Tamu McPherson on the show. If you guys are not following Tamu on Instagram, I just don't know what you're doing. She has outfit inspiration for days and she is like so, so absolutely over the top, luxurious and puts things together in a way that I would never even think of. I am always just in awe of her fashion looks, but she's also gorgeous. Like this woman has the most beautiful skin. She's always doing like a bright, bold lip. She has this great short, natural haircut. So she's just honestly glamorous and chic and goals. So we talked a lot about her background, how she got into fashion. She pivoted from law school, which is like a really big shift and what she looks for in products, all of the natural skincare that she loves. She also, at the end of the episode, you guys have to stay tuned because she gives some great style predictions for the rest of the year, what we're going to be wearing in the spring, which I'm excited about. And yeah, we just had a really great time talking. She's super down to earth and just lovely to speak with. Quick updates for me. I've been trying more new beauty products than ever lately. And just like trying new brands that my guests speak about a lot. One of those brands is Coco Kind. Comes up a lot on the podcast. Abena, who I interviewed earlier this month, is a huge fan of Coco Kind. And they sent over some of their best sellers. I tried this product that they sent. It retails for $9. It is one of the best beauty products I have ever used. It is the Matcha Moisture Stick. It's an all-over moisturizer stick. It can hydrate dry lips and skin. People put it under their eyes. It's a moisture stick. I put it on my cuticles. I primarily use it for my lips. It was one of those products where like the moment I opened it, it's like this bright green color. It's almost like a really fat chapstick. It only has three ingredients in it. I'll tell you what the ingredients are. Organic coconut oil, organic beeswax, and organic matcha tea powder that's sourced from Japan. I do not put it on my face other than my lips. I use it for my lips and for my cuticles. And it is so enjoyable and fun to use. The matcha scent, just as soon as you open it, you get the hit of matcha And it feels so good on my lips. Like I don't think I'll ever use another chapstick or lip balm. Like this is it. I love it so much. Now, I don't know if I'm just in the honeymoon phase with this product. You know, when you first get a product and you decide you're obsessed with it. And then by the time it's done, you're like, "Eh, whatever, I'll move on to something else. But right now I am totally in love with the matcha all over moisture stick. They have a turmeric version as well. I don't know if the turmeric version is as good, but I am loving this from Coco Kind. Another product that I've tried recently is Chorus. It's inspired by Greek natural beauty recipes. And this is a brand that I hear about all the time and people love it, but I've just recently gotten into it. One of the products I absolutely love is the Greek Yogurt Nourishing Probiotic Gel Cream. It retails for $36, but it feels so nice. It's like a hydrating gel cream moisturizer. It has protein-boosting Greek yogurt in it for a plumped, healthy-looking bounce to your skin that lasts all day. On the package, it says time-released hydration. It is really really good. It's very calming. So like if you are dealing with like angry breakouts or your skin is just kind of out of whack. Now, I always recommend doing a yogurt face mask 
anyway, just putting some plain yogurt on your skin. But if you want a product, I really do like this product. So those are some products that I'm loving right now. I need to do an episode. Guys, hit me up, DM me if you think this is an episode you'd like, but I really want to do an episode all about skincare layering and like what products to use in what order. I'm definitely going to have some of our favorite dermatologists back on the podcast just to go really deep into like nerdy skincare gem. So the people that don't like the skincare episodes, I'm sorry, those are coming, but we'll always make it fun. I've just been really into overhauling my routine and just the things that I always assumed that I was going to do like essence and then a serum, and then a moisturizer. I'm just trying to remix that a little bit, try new things. I'm trying more masks than ever just because we're home. And I've just been so into skincare. Now I'm always into skincare, but I've just been in overdrive lately and I'm trying products responsibly. So I get sent a lot of things, but I'm just trying them one by one. And I'm really tending to go for all of the natural products that have non-irritating ingredients because when I use too many acids or things like that, it makes my skin angry. So that's me. That's my skincare. I hope everyone is doing really well. Let's get into my chat with Tamu. You'll know real when you get it. It will say eBay authenticity guarantee and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like a gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts, not just any experts, specialized experts, real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. I am joined here by Tamu McPherson. Thank you so much for coming on Naked Beauty. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to finally be here and I'm so excited to have this conversation with you. Yes. Well, I am a long, long, long time fan, like all the way back to the blog era to all the pretty birds, which I think it launched in 2008, right? Yes, it did. And I mean, I, I'm, I like I mentioned earlier, like I can't believe that we were so close to each other for so long and we never got to meet, but I'm looking forward to meeting you um, soon in person. Um, but thank you for following uh, the blog all these of course, years. Of course. And I, I think I, saw, I always saw your street style photos in Paris and Milan and London. And I always thought you were like so fabulous. So I've been following you for the longest time. And in the Hamptons, I would see you in East Hampton. Like I would see you in the East Hampton Cinderella, like with your Birkenstocks on, like looking so cool. It's <laughs> like, should I like go up to her? But I was like, no, 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 let me not bother her. It's going to be like a too weird of a fangirl, fangirl moment. I really, really wish you did. I like, I'm so sad that, yeah, that, I mean, I love that place. I could 
I could be there all day, but I really wish you did because had so much time, you know, in the summer and we could have hung out. But, you know, one more thing to put on my visual board, hanging out with friends like you the summer, because I am coming to New York. Like I've decided I'll come, I'll quarantine, whatever that looks like in July, but I'm back because I haven't left Italy for a year now. And it it's great. Italy is great, but I'm kind of tired and I need to like see my family. Yes, I totally understand. Well, you are a fashion creator, fashion influencer living in Milan and you get sent the most incredible clothes. Like you're not, you're not creating Fashion Nova posts here. You're doing, you know, (laughs) Gucci, Dior, Prada, everyone's fantasy really, right? To be sent all of these fabulous clothes and to spend your time creatively bringing those clothes to life for your audience. Do you feel like you knew when you started in 2008, what your life would be like now in 2021? Like, did you envision it reaching this level? Absolutely not. The one thing I knew is that I just wanted to work in fashion and I had come to the conclusion that I wanted to work for magazines and I just wanted to be on a masthead. I wanted to have that traditional experience because when I started it, print magazines were still very dominant and still very strong. It was the beginning of the decline of their dominance as compared to today. But obviously, you know, the people that I looked up to were, you know, the Edward Enningfuls of the situation, like the stylists that were um, in demand and that were on mastheads and that were editors. And, and I just wanted to do that work. And I thought it would be styling. I was just trying to get there. I was just trying to get there. That's where I thought I would be. And um, this reality that we have today wasn't even a um, thing for me. I had I could never have imagined it because, first of all, I was trying to get into the industry and I didn't even know about the perks that the editors were getting. I was just like, I come oh, from wait, a... So you, you didn't know about the free clothes and free bags? No. Because the fabulous I can, trips? <laughs> No, I knew none of it. I was just desperate to work in fashion. Essentially, I come from a non-fashion background and I started pursuing a fashion career like in proper, I would say in magazine when I was 29. So like... Because you started with with law, right? Yeah, I'm totally different. Yeah, completely different. different. So I'm Jamaican and my family moved from Jamaica to the US. And I, you know, I have a very familiar West Indian story, you know, family moves over. I was six when I moved, but my mom moved even before I did. And she went over because I'm here and she started working. She set us up. Then I, then I moved, I moved after she moved. And then from there, our parents really work and like instill this idea that we have to go into one of three or four careers and that being law, medicine, or in finance, typically accounting. For me and my family, it wasn't a question of like being allowed to go into those fields. It was more a question of those were the only things that existed and that you were pleased to do because, you know, you were encouraged academically and being an attorney or a doctor or, you know, someone working in finance, it is, those are sexy, sexy positions. They're like amazing. And, you know, the success attached to them is very attractive. Notwithstanding the fact that, you know, my family loved art, my family loved like fashion. There just wasn't the sense of actually going into those fields as like a career. And it's, it's funny, like you can enjoy it, but 
never once did I, and, and I had an uncle that I'm very close to my mom's brother. He went to, I don't remember if it was FIT or Parsons. I just don't remember, but like he was at home sewing clothes and, and, and painting. And I, it just didn't click that I could do that. It was weird, but you know, it was just my circumstance and my like immediate family. It's, amazing to have the courage to think about, okay, I've invested all of this time and money in school and I'm a lawyer. And I hear from listeners all the time who tell me that they're in a job that they don't necessarily find fulfilling and they actually want to switch. They want to do something more creative. They want to do something that aligns with their passions, but they're afraid to. How did you develop the courage to say, okay, I can actually do something more creative. I can actually do the things that are in my head and I have an inkling that I'd be good at them, but I'm actually going to make that a reality. I was very fortunate because my friend Lakia at law school pointed the fact out to me. She told me one day, your spirit is in fashion. And I really think that you should pursue a career in fashion. It was easy for me because I thought that I would just work at a law firm for like seven years, right? Mm -hmm. Become senior and then move in house at, at Chanel. I have a finance degree too. So I thought that I would be, I would go on wall street and I would work as a retail analyst in luxury. For me, it was like, that's the plan. And that way I could segue into fashion. That's when I thought that I needed to do, make a transition, but like I was always thinking about it and planning how to do it. It was a gradual transition. It wasn't scary. It was more problem solving in the sense that like, how do I do it? How do I get around, around the obstacles? What do I need to do it? But it, and I just think it was because I was used to this process of applying, interviewing, you know, like that whole right. process. That it was just so fresh that I, I wasn't scared or nervous. I mean, don't get me wrong. I was completely, completely aware of the fact that I had spent so much time at school and I had invested so much financially, but, um, I was interested and I knew that I, I wanted it very badly and I was going to try to, to, to do it. That's amazing. Well, I need to get some practical advice from you. And the first thing I'm going to start with is we need to know the skincare regimen because in the 13 years that I have been familiar with you, you have not, I mean, you just, <laughs> I'm sure you hear this a lot, but it's just like, it's not really making, it's not really adding up for me. <laughs> Thank you. So I, I would suggest that you drink a lot of wine. Okay. Love it. Love that tip. Very European tip. Love it. <laughs> lots and lots of wine. Um, so my mother has really beautiful skin um, and she's low maintenance and she... Always genetic, by the way, when people have incredible skin, it's always genetic. Yeah. But she's, I mean, a hundred times better than my skin. My mother uses, are you ready? She washes her, I don't know what she washes her face with, but she uses Nivea in the blue tub as yeah. moisturizer. That's what she uses. And she has impeccable skin. She doesn't, I, she doesn't have facial hair, which I'm jealous about. Um, and she doesn't have hair on her legs, which I'm jealous about. I but okay, so that's... <laughs> you know what? It's so interesting to be jealous of that because I'm, I'm part of the hairless club. I don't have... I love it. No, but I've had to get my eyebrows microbladed because I don't mm. have eyebrows. And I mean, I use mascara and it does a little something, something, but like, I don't have thick lashes. So people that complain about facial hair, I'm like, yeah, but you've got gorgeous eyebrows. You've got nice thick lashes. You know, I, I don't have gorgeous. I need some microblading. Um, great brows. <laughs> thank you. I, I, I don't have a tail. Like I don't, I don't, I don't have much of a tail. Do you I have, have my a little pencil. No, 
this is all I, that's what I have. I have my father's eyebrows. My mom has great eyebrows, but I have my father's eyebrows and my son who you'll meet in the summer. He could like, I don't know, tweeze his eyebrows and give them for transplants because <laughs> he has, so he has the biggest, beautiful eyebrows ever. You'll see him this oh. summer. How old is he? Um, he's 13 and he can oh babysit in a few years. Yes. Yes. He literally can babysit in a few years. I'll tell you about what I use then. Yes. Tell me everything you use. I've got my, so I use here. the Julesis that I was telling you about. So I use Julesis. Um, I'm like obsessed and I, I love that product so much. And I have to spell I, the name of this brand. Cause I'm not familiar with it. I, I, I brought it on because, cause maybe I don't even pronounce it properly. I've never thought I pronounced it properly, but it's J U L I S I S. Yes. And I don't know if that's, I, cause I just found it at cat beauty. Cause I'm obsessed with cat beauty. Oh, they have um, such good stuff. Yeah. I, I, someone introduced me to cat beauty and then I never um, turned back. So this is the gold wash day and they actually have a night, but I was just using it night and day. I don't, I don't know if I should get the other, the night version, but I just, you know, use it. I also use Ren because that's more readily accessible. You can get it here in um, the department store and you can also get it at the pharmacy. And that's a nice, just clean gel. Like I, I don't like the milks. I like the gels. Ah, okay. You're a gel girl for cleanser. I'm a foam person. I prefer a foam cleanser, but gels are nice too. Yeah. I, I like foam over the milks. I, the milk consistency is, I never figured it out. Yeah. That's not work um, you. What's your skin type? Are you more dry, oily? I would say that I'm mixed. I would say that. So perfect. Okay. <laughs> perfect. So, that's really like my nose is oily. My forehead is oily, but I also have freckles. Um, I have freckles as well. For a serum or a moisturizer, I use Vintner's Daughter, which is okay. such a beloved product. Yes. I use that. And I also use the beautiful oil by uh, Kara Weiss. Is that how you pronounce it? Kara uh, Weiss. Kajir Weiss. Yeah, I'm not sure. But yes, she makes amazing products. I, I use her makeup. I haven't tried her skincare. Her makeup. The, the cream it. blush is incredible, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, I really, really love it. So I use I use that, and I use both of them because I love both products. Um, so I'll use this, this the serum like as a moisturizer, and then when I picked up the beautiful oil, they kind of sold it to me as something that you put on before makeup. So then I'll I just have them in two different places, like you know where in my office. My office is in the house, and so where I'll put on my makeup is where I have the beautiful oil, and then the serum is like my day and night um, product. So it's in the bathroom in my bedroom. And so I will use that. And then I like Tata Harper's products as well. For Tata Harper, I'm interested to hear what you like about them because I have her products and I really like the way that they smell and the sensory experience of putting them on, but I don't know if it's doing anything for my skin. That's, that's why I like it. Like I, (laughs) for body, I like the revitalizing oil. I like lived by that for a long time. I just finished the the body um, scrub and then I was using the under eye um, cream oil and it's a creamy one. Yeah. Okay. Until, until your, (laughs) until your uh, episode where you were talking about the under, you're talking about creams for the under eyes. Like at one point you were saying like if they work or not or something. Because yeah. I talked to several dermatologists and a lot of people say you can skip it, that you can just yeah. use, you know, your regular moisturizer that you yeah, don't so, need to do an eye cream. So girl, I bought the eye cream and then I saw that. 
<laughs> and you know, and you know that 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 her products are not economical. Let, let's just say that. So yeah. it's still sitting here. So I will. I have that product. Oh, you know what I love? I love a rose water facial mist. Oh, I'm like same. Obsessed. That is like my obsession. That's you and I are on the same page there. I, I love, love a rose water spray. Which rose water sprays do you use? So I use, and I'm like, I'm, I am meant to bring everything here because I will go back to the store and get it every single time. But there's this, this one that Cat Beauty sells and it's just like, I want to say it's like holy water, rose mist or something like that. But it, can I tell you after, do you include it in the notes or I can yeah. run after and look? Oh my gosh. Yeah. You can message me after and we'll include it in the okay. show notes. But isn't there just something about spritzing your face with rose water throughout the day that just makes the day I'm, better? I love it. I don't really know if it adds moisture or not, it but it definitely does. Okay, it does. It does. Okay. It definitely it's does, so yeah. relaxing. And I I also I travel with it. I have, you know, the Muji um travel size little dispenser, so I'll pour it in there and like like spritz my face with it on the when I used to fly when we used to fly. Yes. Um so I love that product. I have the is it the May Lindstrom? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, I'm so bad with names. I have her, um, the clay mud mask is a honey mud mask. I have that product and I love it because it also, I, I do love the sensory aspect of every product I buy. I tend to love more spa fragrances. They revitalize me. They, they give me energy. They're reinvigorating I find. And I just tend to love, love, love them. Same. So I feel I- like it's so interesting that you and I both share this love of products with fragrance and the product experience having fragrance because there's this whole movement now for fragrance-free products. Like some people won't use skincare that has fragrance in it because they think that it's irritating to their skin. I mean, obviously you don't want like synthetic fragrances and dyes, but natural fragrance, I think it's, for me, it's a big part of the product experience. I totally agree. And I think that that's why it doesn't bother me that there's free. I'm not, because there are products that I would never go near because it's synthetic. Like, and that's the key. These products are, they're very clean and a lot of them have very few ingredients. So I love that aspect of it. I also have the um, May Lindstrom, that oil cleanser, which yeah. I don't love to use because I don't always have a nice handy washcloth to then remove it with. And so I need my, to keep my routine very simple, but I do love, it's a nice product. It's just not the most convenient for me. And then I do like lip care because I feel like, especially with what we do and with that, what I do with stories and stuff, like one of my pet peeves is to see my lips chapped. I so, hate it. I hate, right? I hate the way it looks, but more than anything, it's the way that it feels. I hate yeah. The feeling of chapped lips so much. Exactly. Especially with the mask, because the mask I feel is very dehydrating. Definitely. Masks, I don't think are helping our skin that much, but I do find that when it's really cold and I have the mask on, instead of my face being exposed to the wind and the cold air, I feel like the mask is like a little bit like a protective barrier. Definitely. It it definitely is. And I've been walking around a lot because um, I'm starting to, you know, in the beginning of the pandemic, it was spring here in Milan. And I know that you remember from Europe, our springs tend to be milder and start earlier. So in Milan, like in March, it's nice and warm and it's spring. It's, I mean, relatively warm and the days are getting longer and it didn't rain in the spring here in Milan. I have to be quite honest and say in the winter, this winter pandemic is really wearing me out. And so 
I, unfortunately, because of the lockdowns here, have spent so much time in the house. And then I was positive again for COVID. So then I was quarantined in my house away from everyone else. And I find myself going on a lot of walks now. And, you know, I'm a cold kind of person, but I feel with the mask, it is an an additional layer that keeps you warm. So I I don't mind that, but I do mind the, the dry lips. And so I use Olio e Oso and, um, I use a PASPA, which is just like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which is a classic that all of, you know, our makeup artist friends suggest. And then, um, I have a friend, Lee Oliviera, who is also a street style photographer who brings it, um, from Australia for me. <laughs> I know, I, I know he doesn't need to do that, but cause we can get it here. It just feels up. better when it's from Australia, right? Like when yeah. you get it from the source, it just like feels like more special. Yeah. Well, I'm interested to know what fragrances you love because one, I would imagine that all of the fashion houses you have relationships with, you probably get to try a lot of fragrance as well. But given that we both like fragrance in our skincare products, do you also like wear a lot of fragrance and do you have fragrance favorites? My favorite fragrance, well, it's not a well-known company. It's like a very small um, Mm -hmm. perfumer. It's Rose. It's Antique Uh Rose. Lovely, and it's lovely. Divine. It's divine. And it's in a beautiful, beautiful bottle. And like, I've had the same bottle for a very long time. And so it's like a black bottle with a, um, a gold, um, lid and, um, top. And then it has like a plaque on the front and, and I will send you the notes and I'm sorry, I don't remember it because no. I always use it with like a watch company. No, that's, that's okay. <laughs> Have you ever tried ordering like essential rose oil? I'm sure I've had it. I'm sure I've had it in, you know, in my travels. The only essential oils I have ordered are like um, lavender. Yes. Love lavender. Yeah. And I, I order it from, I really feel like this company is called like Rosemary. And I think it's just like an online distributor of essential oils in the United States. And um, so lavender, and then there was a digestive um, mix that I used to order and so those were the essential oils. And then I also ordered like Palo Santo because you can, oh, I some love. of those as a, yeah. I, I use that as like my essential oil-based fragrance all the time. But I would encourage you if you love the scent of rose to order like pure rose oil. It is very pricey, but a little bit goes such a long way and you can add it into your body scrubs. You can add it into your body wash. You can put some on your wrists. Like you can basically just rose scent everything. You have to tell me where, and I'll ha- I'll I'll order it and send it to my mom's house, and then she'll send it to me. I know. Oh my gosh, I'm sure ordering in Milan is tricky, but it's um, the place where I go for all of my essential oils is Mountain Rose Herbs. I think they make the best quality essential oils. But I'll send you the link. Are they based in New York? They are based in I want to say Oregon. Yeah, that's where they're all. I feel like this Rosemary places because um, I <laughs> I discovered it when we were in um, in Montana, and so yeah, I think that. Those are the places. Yes, yes. And you have this beautiful, short, natural haircut. I would love to hear a little bit about how you maintain your hair. And have you always been natural? No. So I had a relaxer until maybe I was 30. After that, when I moved to Italy, it was very difficult um, because, as you know, in Europe, um, well, no, it's different in Paris because there are um, many more established African hair salons that do relaxers. What I found here in Italy is more women wear um, extensions, protective styles. And so there isn't a culture for relaxers. And so when I came here and I was trying to find someone to do the relaxer, it was disaster after disaster after disaster. So 
I went natural twice. I went natural when I was pregnant with my son because I believed in the myth of not getting a relaxer while I was pregnant. He's 13 years old. So that really could have still been a, a, um, a myth that was, <laughs> was not demythed. Um, so I was natural then, but as soon as I got back to New York, I got a relaxer and I had like, um, my last relaxed haircut was like a bang Bob situation. Cute. So I had that. And then after that, when I got back, I slowly had to start going towards natural again, but what did it for me and what made me go natural these past, I don't know, six, seven years is that I got a bad relaxer and you know about black salons and, and sometimes black salons in and areas where um, good hair, like black hair salons aren't, is that they'll just have their cousin come in and, and do your relaxer. And this person has no training. And that's truth. That is truth. So I go to get my relaxer one time and the guy that usually did it, he was busy doing um, a weave and he couldn't relax me at that moment, even though I had an appointment because an appointments are relative to. And so right. he's like, the concept there's a loose it. concept of an appointment. Yep. Yeah. You know, so his um, friend, she did the relaxer and I might've like had like a pimple on my head or like some kind of stress situation, but anyway, she relaxed it and it was tragic because she relaxed my hair. The relaxer did not take, and I had a massive burn on my scalp. Oh my God. It was acute psoriasis, psoriasis of the scalp. This is because traumatic. I, yeah. So when you get a burn like that, you can have this acute reaction where your scalp hardens. Wow. Like it flakes into a hard crust and wow. then you, it doesn't come off. It's not like, you know, the crust that you get when you have relaxer. And if you are that person, you pick it off because it's satisfying. It wouldn't come off. And I was on vacation when it happened. It was oozing because it was obviously, you know, an infection at that point. And when I got back, my hairstylist in New York, I told her what happened. She's like, oh my God, you have to go to the dermatologist. I didn't, right. like, I didn't even, it didn't even dawn on me to go. I go to the dermatologist and he gives me um, topical cortisone okay. to dissolve the crust. Oh my God. And so I go back to him and he's Italian now, but he's from the South. So I go back to him and I'm like... Can I get another relaxer? Well, I'll, I'll give you context. I go back to him and I'm like, can I, can I do a relaxer? He's Actually, like, well, after all of this, you wanted to still get another relaxer? Cause that relaxer didn't take. And like, I didn't have a plan. Okay. <laughs> so I was like, can I get a, a relaxer? And I didn't even have anyone who could do like a proper blowout. It was bad because I did find a person that could do a blowout, but then she, she left and it's hard to find a reliable salon. I, and I'll get to what I do now and who I work with, who I love and adore. So he was like, are you kidding me? He was like, never, ever shall you do that to your scalp again. So I was like, okay, fine. So I, I, it was, Jan it was January. Yeah, it was January, February. And so I was coming to New York and I told my um, hairdresser who's still in New York, she works in Brooklyn. I told her I'm coming back and she's like, I've wanted to cut your hair natural for so long. I'm going to cut your hair natural. And that is when I got my first my most recent natural haircut that I've remained natural all this time. So oh, yeah. in the meantime, I found um, this hair salon here in Italy and I was getting cute cuts. And there was this young um, Ethiopian um, hairstylist that was assisting the 
the salon owner. And I would always look at him when I would go, you know, when I was having my haircut, great, great um, stylist, the, the man who owned the salon. But I kept looking at my, my little brother because he could be my brother. And I was like, I wonder, because his hair was always super tight, you know, with, with just our edge. Mm-hmm. I, like, I wonder if he could cut my hair. So finally one day, my stylist had like, he was away because he, he also works um, during fashion week you know, for different brands. Mm-hmm. And so I went and my stylist, Natsy was there. I was like, Natsy, can you, can you cut my hair? He cut my hair. I was like, Oh my God. I was like, I love you. And I will, you will cut my hair forever. And his haircuts are therapeutic because it's, he's like, uh, he does all types of hair. He's here in Italy. He does, um, Italian, you know, Caucasian hair. He does every hair type. But the thing is that he still cuts like old school with the scissor and then he takes, he breaks the razor blade. You know, that razor blade that you can uh, except your eyebrows. He breaks it in half, puts it through the teeth of the comb and then like fine tunes your hair like that. Wow. Between the, the sound of the scissors moving through my hair and that, like I could fall asleep and I love going to him and I could go to him every week. Like you would, if you were like a guy in New York city, but he's like, I, there's nothing else to cut. And I'm not going to cut your hair that short. You really don't want that. You just like this sensory experience. Yes. Yes. And, and he's a sweet, wonderful soul. And like his energy just like radiates out when like you're in his chair. And, and the thing is that his haircuts and my hairstylist in New York, her name is Joe. The thing about their haircuts is that they last a long time. And during the last lockdown, obviously I didn't get my haircut from January and it just grew out to what was essentially a perfect, like mid, mid um, length Afro. And it was never touched it, but it's because if you find someone who with great cutting skills, you're good, you know, right. The shape is there. The shape is there. So is your plan to always keep your hair in a short natural, like, will you ever grow it out? I'm so spoiled now because I'm a bit lazy. Like, like if I had to shape it and like groom it and like, I guess I am a little OCD because I'd be like, okay, that curl pattern is off to the side and it's just messing with me. And I'd you want it to be perfect. To, yeah. So for me, this works and is there's it's really so low maintenance. And when I was traveling a lot for work, it made a lot of sense, you know, because already like you can never see the back, but the back is never perfect and it's all smushed down. But if I had to do all of that with the schedule that we had previous to now wouldn't be sustainable. Right. right. So you mentioned traveling and your schedule. I'm so curious because I see the finished polished style shot of you dripping in your designer items. And I even see the pictures that you post on Instagram and these fabulous outfits. Are you spending the whole day walking around in this look or is it the image? So no, I, I shoot the image. Like I shoot the image. And what's funny is like currently, well, when we were traveling, I would have those outfits on all day. Now that we're home, usually what the last thing that I shoot is what I have on. So like earlier, I was shooting this blouse that I have under um, the sweater. And remember, the apartment is cold. So then I threw this on and I went out into a, with a, to a meeting with this on with the skirt that I'm wearing. So I tend to feel like the last thing I shoot is what I wear, actually, you know, okay. but okay. No, I'm not going to I'm not going to sit here in um, sequence all day. Like, no, <laughs> that 
that stuff I will wear to dinner, even if we're having dinner at home, because just like you, we're just trying to like create moments of like celebration and joy um, during this pandemic. But I, it would be uncomfortable sitting on the sofa all day in sequence, you know? Right, right. One thing I do love that you do that I don't see a lot of fashion creators doing is you share looks with masks sometimes. And it's kind of driving me a little bit crazy that all of these fashion creators are posting this content. We've essentially been in lockdown for almost a year and I don't see a mask. And I'm like, I'm trying to envision this moment. But do you think it's that they think the mask takes away from the fantasy of the fashion or what do you think it is? I do agree with you there. I do. I try to be very balanced about it and very practical because when I'm outside, obviously I wear, you know, I wear the mask outside like everybody else does. And if we're shooting in an isolated area, I can take the mask off. Obviously if there's traffic, I keep the mask on. I like to share images with the mask on because like you said, we're in the middle of a pandemic. This is very serious. Like there are people losing their lives every day. And my mother is a nurse, you know, she still works in a hospital. And, um, the fact that people are being irresponsible puts her at risk and puts her colleagues at risk and continues to, to, to fuel the spread of the virus. And so I just feel that it's responsible to show images with the mask. And the other thing too, we're not going to be able to move back past this moment, you know, faster than we are doing and anytime soon, you know, science has to unfold the way it needs to unfold to get this uh, vaccine distributed globally. But if we just keep spreading it, whatever new reality we have, we are going to have is not going to take place because we're always going to be here in a spread, in a spread, in a spread. So I don't even think the mask takes away from the looks anymore. I see right. that people probably think so. And, you know, so many brands have pivoted at, to start producing masks that are really gorgeous and cute. And like, you know, you can uh, find masks in any color, in any pattern. Do you so, have any favorite mask companies? You know, I wear the, I wear the K and N5 one when I go out a lot. You know what? Who makes really good masks? The Gap. The Gap makes really, really good masks. Yes. They make That's really good- the last brand I would expect for you to call out. Yeah, no, they do. And I bought them and I'm still wearing the ones that I had from the summer because they're cotton. They fit around your face well and the elastic behind your ears um, is not uncomfortable. And I love wearing those. There are so many brands that have sent me masks and I wear them because I wash them. Like I wear them, I wash them. I, and then I keep, I cycle through them. My friend Ginny Habe sent me some really gorgeous masks that I wear at home. So I'll wear the cloth ones at home and then I'll wear the and 95 ones when I go outside. Also, if I go to a meeting, like, look, if you're in a meeting in a closed, I I just think that they work better. Right. Like, right. Right. Like, and then if I'm walking around, I started to walk a lot outside, which already the first um, wave, I'd never went outside. And now I'm outside because for my sanity and for my mental health, I have to get outside and walk. I, I was saying before why I'm walking so much. It's because I'm this, this time around, I want to like, I want to be really honest. Like my anxiety is kicking in because the days are shorter. The weather is gray constantly. I am working a lot from home and the days are blurring and I have like pandemic fatigue, like everyone else does. So like, I need to spend a lot of time walking outside. And I even started to shoot street style again because I'm walking so much and I'm outside and, and I think it would be interesting. And I know other 
photographers are already doing it, but to capture style now in the pandemic, which is so telling of where we are as, as, a, as a civilization, I would say. Totally. Well, speaking of walking around Milan, I would imagine there aren't a lot of Black women. When you see another Black woman, is there like a nod? Is there like an acknowledgement? Of, I like, was I always see that you? person. <laughs> <laughs> I was always that person. Um, my husband was like, no, I got to the point where... <laughs> So my husband is Italian because um, you've never met him, but my husband is Italian. It got to the point where he started to point out black people. And that was, <laughs> I said to him one day, I said, are you the president of the blacks in, in Italy club? Because he was just like pointing everyone out. Um, there is absolutely a nod. There's absolutely an exchange if, if, if it's possible, because also look, we're human. It's obvious if someone wants you to stop and talk to them. Like, you know, you can do the nod and then if the person responds warmly, the response is warm. But, you know, not in every case, our fellow Black people are going to stop and want to talk to us. But if they're friendly, I will get in their jam. (laughs) That's great. That's great. Do you speak Italian? Yeah, I speak Italian. Yeah. And you learn just from being because my husband's Turkish and I don't speak Turkish. I think Turkish is a different language, though. (laughs) Like, I don't know how easy that would be to learn. It's hard to learn any language, though, I think. I had a lot of Turkish friends in um, New York City when I was still living there. And I went to school with quite a lot of um, uh, Turkish friends. I don't know if that's a language that would be easy for me to learn, having been around them. Like I, I studied Spanish. I don't speak Spanish, but I was studying Spanish until after grad school because what are the projections now in how many years it's going to be like the... Uh, like I think like in 10 years, like very soon. Yeah. So at the time I knew that I should learn Spanish, you know, proficiently. And I, I was going to be in the United States at the time at the United States. And so that I, I wanted to be um, proficient in Spanish. So I, I studied long past the time I needed. And then I picked up Italian. So I was used to already just, you know, studying a language. I had to block the Spanish though, because it's a false friend for Italian. You think you speak Spanish so that you can get away with speaking Spanish in Italy, but there are too many false friends that you get yourself mm-hmm. into trouble in learning the language. So I blocked it, unfor- unfortunately, because I, I studied until I was like 25. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So, but I do speak it. I started studying Italian before I moved to Italy, but I don't think that you could truly, unless you have an ear and you're gifted, that you can truly learn a language that way. I think you have to be immersed in the country and speaking it every day and hearing it all around you to, to truly pick it up. If you're an average person, I'm average with languages. So I came here, I studied Italian for five months, five days a week, three hours a day. And I had a tutor. Another practical tip that I would love from you. So I am now in a position I feel very privileged where skincare companies send me products and it gets a little bit overwhelming for me because I only have one face and I only have so much storage. You are being sent shoes and bags and coats and sweaters. And I'm sure that it's all really good stuff. As I mentioned earlier, it's, you're not getting sent clothes from Fashion Nova. It's high <laughs> quality, luxury, good. How do you store everything and maintain your sanity when you have so much product around that you've identified the problem like storing and maintaining your sanity because there definitely is the opportunity for incredible clutter when you're receiving all of these things so i have my office and so i have i have at this moment four racks in my office and uh that's where that stuff is right now Also this year, I have just come to the conclusion that I'm going to request that they not send me gifts, but 
this is something I'm starting now. So um, I'm starting it now. I want to be um, <laughs> clear. I'm just going to request that they send me the samples so that I can shoot them and send them back. Send them back. Yeah, because the other thing too is that I'm thinking in this pandemic year, there's I I've been gifted such beautiful things and I've photographed them and I've worn, worn them the two times I've I could wear them, but I don't I don't have it. I'm not going anywhere where I can wear and, and I'm a big I wear my clothes forever and I wear them, I repeat them, I love wearing them, I fall in love. So I I really just don't have any opportunity to wear anything right now. I'm I'm being realistic. Like we're in the highest lockdown a left tier right now. Like I went to an appointment today because you can have one-on-one appointments for work, but like, I'm not going to many of those, you know, and definitely no dinners. I mean, we're having a party on Saturday for my niece for her birthday will be seven people, you know, like, and I will get dressed up and so will her mother. But okay, long story short, um, this year I'm just going to, rec- I, I want to support brands that I work with. I want to support emerging brands. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to say, send me a sample and I will photograph it and I'll send it back to you because I don't want to accept it for it to sit here. And I don't, I just feel like it's not sustainable for you or for me in the sense that, you know, it's just something else that's out there in the, in, right, in the right, world. Right, right. If you ever need anyone to send the clothes you no longer want to, I am open and accepting and will gladly pay for shipping because I'm sure you've got a lot of amazing stuff. But something that I just started this year because I realized I had this overflow, which may be an interesting idea for you, is I started kind of like an editorial team for Naked Beauty, where on my Instagram account, I have different people that follow the account and love skincare volunteer to do reviews for me. So I actually, the brands say, can we send you this? I know it's because they want my audience to see it. And I say, actually, I have these, you know, five editors for January, February. Can you send it to them? And they'll do the review for my page. So that could be like an interesting way to spread it around a little bit. That is, that is absolutely a great idea. We start to talk about that and utilizing the site more. Yes. Yes. That could be very interesting. If you need a fashion correspondent for all the pretty birds, I I will volunteer. Yes. I have two last questions for you. One is just around because you are such someone who appreciates aesthetics so much. One of the things that I've been thinking about is how much do you think the packaging of a product impacts your experience of it? Like, I think sometimes I can get, I'm guilty of getting caught up in the way a bottle looks like it makes me like the product more or less. Do you think that has like a really big impact, especially with you being such a kind of aesthetically driven person into how you feel it performs? I'm a total victim of that. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm like so a real. total packaging victim. However, um, I do know that there are plenty of brands who make fabulous, effective, gorgeous products that don't have aesthetically pleasing packaging. And I do appreciate their products. So I know that that exists and that's out there and I appreciate it, but I am a victim for packaging and I have to admit that, but I'm really happy about the work that a lot of brands and um, I would say packaging companies are doing to reduce waste and um, to make the packaging um, supplies more sustainable. So I'm encouraged by that. Yes, absolutely. And Back to more, again, practical advice. I would love to know kind of what trends you're loving at the moment or what trends you think we'll be wearing this spring. Because I I really do look to you so much for fashion advice. And I love the way that you do color blocking and mixing prints. And I just feel like I'm always so inspired looking at your content. What what trends should we be thinking about as we ease into this new season? So 100% like bold. And you know what? 
Somebody just posted something. Okay, the colors from the inauguration yesterday, like if you looked across the spectrum, it was like rainbow colors and they were like bold because obviously there was um, the purple, um, which was a nod to the um, suffragette movement. And then there was um, yellow. Amanda Gorman wore that beautiful uh, yellow yellow product. Yeah. Yeah. And um, Lady Gaga wore the fuchsia in the, oh my God. I'm forgetting the brand, the Italian uh, brand. Shop Schiaparelli. Schiaparelli. See, yeah, Schiaparelli. And uh, yes, yeah, so, you know, Christopher John Rob, uh, Rogers, he he did um, Kamala's look. And what is incredible is his collection, I think, is really indicative of what I am super excited about for the summer because it's bold, it's graphic, it's bright, and um, it's playing with tailoring, but then it's also hyper-feminine with um, the dresses and it's sexy in his way with the cutout backs. So definitely color, bold color. And I think from this inauguration down, it's just going to be the start of, you know, rolling into spring with, with those colors. Even if, you know, on, on Instagram and you know better than me, that like the minimalist um, nude colors are really strong and popular. That aesthetic um, works also, but I've already ordered one, Christopher John Rogers, but I'm going to look at Rosie Asseline because I kind of also want, I feel like glamorous kind of dressier dresses. I think we're going to go into that, that space because we're going to want to celebrate like, and I think that there's going to be like a fashion urgency to dress up come spring because we are all yes. fatigued. And so I think um, statement pieces, statement dressier dresses, I definitely think um, I do going back to white. I feel like the white suits are going to have a nice um, moment specifically with Gabriella Hurst. Mm. God, I saw Amy Sal in um, a three piece suit the other day and I'm not well over it. (laughs) I don't know how I'm going to afford it because it's three piece and you know, Gabriella Hurst is so expensive, but it was like a, a knotted kind of blazer over a vest and then the trouser. Like I, perfect lost my mind. Okay. So let's go tailoring, sophisticated tailoring, then bright, bold colors, and then party dressing and probably kind of the frock that you can wear at home, probably maybe like the caftan, but it's like a dressier version of the Mm. caftan, easier to wear probably because we want to look festive. However, we are still probably going to be home. So that kind of like movement, but we probably, it's going to get warmer again. We're going to be over the sweatpants and so, and over the lounge and that, that kind of dress is like the, the Mara Hoffman kind of situations. Those, Mm -hmm. those work well for that mood. And I, I don't know, I'm, I, like I mentioned to you, I'm flying to New York in July, like, and I, cause I need to move. And my friends are like flying to Italy from New York this summer. Everyone is like, we are going to do all the testing. We're going to do all the quarantining, but we're moving. We're moving. And responsibly because we've all, I'm sure you want to get to Turkey to invite your family, your in-laws to Mavi. Absolutely. Yes. We're planning on going this summer or spring, you know, when, when we can, but yeah, I'm very anxious to to do that. No. So I think you're going to, you know, you're going to pack, obviously as a new mom, you're going to pack a mix of things um, that, you know, will help you to feel a hundred percent comfortable. Cause you know, you're introducing to your in-laws and, you know, I would say 
you're more dynamic because you're there, you're showing him, you're walking, you're talking, you're moving with him, you know, and he'll be moving a lot. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. How old is he going to, he's going to be. So I'm so bad on childhood development. I just, I just read as much as I need to know. So he's four months now. So they don't walk until they're like one years old. Yeah. I'm forgetting he was born and he was born in September. Yeah. But he'll just be, I mean, he'll be fun. They're so adorable. So adorable. And I hear it goes so fast. It does. It does. He'll be eating probably when, yeah, he's eating in two, one month. He's going to start eating, right? I know. I'm like, it's unbelievable to me how fast personality. Yes. The personality is coming through. Personality is coming through. (laughs) Well, final question for you. When do you feel most beautiful? I definitely feel most beautiful in nature when I'm falling in. Like, I love, like, like most people, I love the sun. I love a breeze. I love flowers. So I feel beautiful when I am admiring nature because there's nothing like it, especially now that if you don't live in a space where you can be near nature, like how important it is and just how important it is to, 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 to treat this planet better. But I definitely feel better because you see the relation and you see the possibility of what this planet gives you when you're in nature. Yes, absolutely. I love that answer. Well, thank you so much. Yes. And I'll link to all of the places where people can find you, whether it's on the blog or following your fabulous Instagram account. Thank you. I'm so coming on. You'll know real when you get it. It will say eBay authenticity guarantee and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like a gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts, not just any experts, specialized experts, real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Okay, guys, I hope you love hearing from Tamu and learning more about her and her story and her beauty faves. As promised, at the end of every episode, I'm going to answer a question from one of you listeners. If you guys have a beauty question, please email me, nakedbeautypodcast at gmail.com. Make the subject line beauty question so I can easily find your email and I will read it aloud on the show. So today's email comes from Maria. It's Maria from the Wine and Cheese podcast. Hi, Maria. I love Jess Delfino's episode and it really inspired me. I wonder what natural products can help with my clogged pore on my chin. She says she breaks out whenever she gets her period on her chin specifically. She's 32 years old. She admits she has a bad sugar habit, but she drinks a lot of water and eats fruits, fresh fruits and vegetables daily. Back to her question. Should I try Manuka honey yogurt? Currently, I only wash with water and use witch hazel with lavender toner and a basic cream for moisturizer and eye cream. So clogged pores on your chin area and getting breakouts on your chin whenever you have your period. 
That to me sounds like it could be hormonal, which we have talked about. Your cycle can definitely impact your skincare routine. And if that's something that you are struggling with, I think you just kind of have to know that it's coming and mitigate it by doing a lot of preventative work before you're ovulating, as Erica Chidi talked about on her episode, All About Your Skincare and Your Cycle. I do think it's worth doing some facial steaming. So I love doing facial steams. It really helps to kind of unclog and open my pores. You basically take boiling water, pour it into a bowl, put your head over that bowl with a towel so that the steam can kind of open up your pores. And then once your pores are open, do a really nice kind of calming, clarifying serum. Specifically for breakouts, one of the natural ingredients that I like is apple cider vinegar. Now, apple cider vinegar is very acidic, so you do have to dilute it before you put it on your skin. So I would dilute it with some water and then just do a little spot treatment on your skin. Or you can take a cotton pad and put apple cider vinegar with water, again, mixed together on the affected area before following it up with skincare. In terms of having a basic cream moisturizer, eye cream, just washing with water and using witch hazel and a lavender toner, that all sounds really great. But only washing with water, you may want to introduce a gentle cleanser into your skincare routine only because you're saying that you're getting breakouts and you feel like your skin is clogged. A lot of times when we have breakouts, it's because our skin is not being properly cleaned. And witch hazel is great and toner is great, but it's not really a substitute for washing our faces with a full cleanser. So I would recommend finding a really simple, natural, fragrance-free cleanser. I really like the Aveeno cleanser. It's very soothing and calming, and you can find it at pretty much any drugstore. Maybe start there. And I wish you a lot of luck, Maria. It's never fun dealing with breakouts, but you've got this. And if they keep happening and you've done everything in your skincare routine, maybe it's worth seeing a dermatologist. But also, if it's hormonal and it's part of your cycle, it may just happen. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you guys so much. And I'll be back next week with another episode. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.